Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Good morning. Hey, y'all. Good? Feeling good? Awesome. Here's what I want you to know, um, just from my heart. I come from a mess. Uh, my life was a mess. My family's lives were probably messy. And I would probably say that even today, sometimes my life is still messy. I'm better than I used to be. I'm just not there yet, if that makes any sense to you. When God called me to ministry, it became very obvious to me that uh, God called me to reach messy people. And when I say messy people, be careful that you judge who you think messy people are and what you think messy people look like. Because some of those that you think are messy aren't as messy as you think, and some of those people that you think have it all together, they're a mess. When we started Springwell, um, actually our prayer was, God will take the people that nobody else wants. That's as blunt and as sincere as I know how to tell you. We asked that God would send us broken people. In his early years, it's exactly what he did to the extent where we were reaching so many broken people that there was only so much that, that I as a pastor could do. There was only so much that other staff people could handle and we had to find a way to, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we continue to reach people and then minister to those people? And so we found this program called uh, Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery um, is, is just, it's a tool for us. It's a process for us to be able to reach as many people who are willing to admit that they're broken, that they struggle with some kind of hurt, habit, or hang-up. It's that tool that we're used, and if I'm quite honest, then we're really misunderstood as to exactly what Celebrate Recovery is. So we're going to do the best that we can this morning. So I hope that you're listening. I hope that you're leaning in. I hope that the Holy Spirit will, will take this time to speak to you as to what Celebrate Recovery is, and maybe, just maybe, that it would be a great place for you. I'm joined this morning by some of the most, uh, well, some of the best that CR has to offer. And me. I don't know why y'all are laughing. Oh, y'all think this is funny. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I have been in recovery for codependency, control, and grief associated with multiple suicides in my family. I am now the director of Celebrate Recovery here at Springwell, and my name is Renee. Yeah, right? I'm a child of God in recovery for alcoholism and depression. My name is Kirby. And that is my favorite part. <laughs> And uh, I'm one of the ministry leaders for our Celebrate Recovery. 
I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm in recovery for addiction to alcohol, anxiety, and depression. I'm the other ministry leader here at Celebrate Recovery at Springwell, and my name is Keely. Awesome. So maybe you're here for the very first time and you're thinking CR. I don't even know what that stands for, and you have no clue to, to what that might be. So let's define it. CR is, stands for Celebrate Recovery. It is a Christ-centered program utilizing the 12 steps with their biblical comparisons, and then we use the eight principles with the, based on the Beatitudes. And this is a program that helps give us the tools to gain freedom from our hurts, habits, and hang-ups, no matter what they are. I'm going to help you from time to time. It's kind of like the applause sign, and I'll say clap. That's awesome. Here's the problem. Um, here's the problem that I've experienced, quite honestly. I've experienced it at least as a pastor of this church. Is that there are people that usually think in terms of celebrate recovery. Gee, it's a recovery program. And so it's for those people. And they're usually referring to those people who struggle with alcohol or they struggle with drugs. Now, we do reach a lot of those folks. And uh, I'm thankful that we do. But Celebrate Recovery is more than that. And, and honestly, it's frustrated me a little bit over the years because I still, even today, every now and again, will hear that kind of language. Well, it's a recovery program, so therefore it's for those people who struggle with these particular issues. So what would y'all say to people who don't struggle with drugs or alcohol? Well, I believe one of the important things to understand foremost is that only about one in three participants in Celebrate Recovery are there for drugs and alcohol issues. Uh, and I would go further than that and say that those of us who did come through the door for drugs and alcohol soon found out that Celebrate Recovery was a great resource for all of our other issues because, you know, uh, obviously I don't have just one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, it's, it's also anything that could be considered an addiction, whether it's gambling or pornography or food addiction. Oh, baby, yeah. whoa. Cross the line right there, didn't he? Yeah. Free food. Anything what, okay. you know, whatsoever, you know, just uh, across the board. You know, if you, you still believe everything you're doing is okay, like Scott, you know, you can come in and... <laughs> you, you can come in and address that denial, but, you know, even... <laughs> Even more than addiction issues, I think the most important part that I feel like I want everybody to understand is that, you know, it's not just addiction. Like Renee said, it's any hurt, habit, or hang-up, and everybody I've ever met has some sort of hurt in their life at some point, some sort of hang-up that they're struggling with. You know, we see things like control issues, abandonment issues, codependency, grief, um, one right after another. I, I, I believe anybody that has any struggle in their lives, you know, if, if you've just suffered a, a loss, you're going through a divorce, Celebrate Recovery is for you. Uh, even if you're just having a little bit of a struggle in this period of your life, just not something you feel like is life dominating, but you don't know where to turn and you don't know what to do until it starts getting better, Celebrate Recovery is for you. Maybe you, you just can't put your finger on it. You can't name it. It's not alcoholism. It's not drug addiction. It's not food issues. 
but I've got some issue. Celebrate Recovery is for you. If you like to eat at 6 p.m. on Thursdays, Celebrate Recovery <laughs> is for you. If you enjoy Springwell's worship band, Celebrate Recovery is for you. Because, you know, they're our worship band, right? So you mentioned something a few minutes ago, and, and we talked about this in the first service and even between the services. And I think, it's, I think it's huge for you folks to hear because he, Kirby did say he struggled with alcohol, but he also said he talked about depression. So help us understand what, what does Thursday night, what does it offer for someone who, who struggles with depression? Well, you know, we, we heard Chris mention it in the video that uh, coming to Celebrate Recovery, he found that alcoholism wasn't his root issue. You know, it was just a symptom. And, and that's what I found. And I found that one of my root issues was depression. And, you know, I, I had done the therapy. I had done the medication. Uh, and, you know, I continued to utilize those tools, but, you know, I hadn't really found a place where I could open up about what it was like for me to struggle with depression. And I didn't feel like anyone particularly understood, um, and, and feeling misunderstood in and of itself can fuel some depression for me. Uh, I felt like I was on the outside looking in, and there wasn't anybody that I could really relate to, but Coming to Celebrate Recovery and beginning to share about my issues with alcohol, I heard people share about their struggles with depression, and I heard my story come from their mouths, and suddenly those chains started to get broken that I didn't feel alone and isolated and you know, uniquely messed up anymore, and I could talk about that to people that understood. And that in and of itself was such a great weight lifted off of me and aided my healing process so much that I could finally be amongst people and, and talk about it freely and openly and in a safe place. Awesome. Renee, how about you? I know one of the things that you've talked about, of course, I know you've been knowing you for a long time, so I know that you've also struggled with depression, so how, do you, how would you speak to that issue as well? Well, like Kirby said, you find out that you're not alone. And when you go to the open share classes and you hear other people's stories and you can relate to them so much, that, that big thing, and you know, like Kirby said, you're just not alone. And it just really takes the pressure off knowing that there's other people feeling the exact same thing that you're feeling. And uh, the community there is what really, really helps. And we want to make sure that you understand that we're not saying there's anything wrong with counseling. Uh, there's not anything wrong with being on medication. There are definitely people that need to be on medication. Um, we would never tell you to stop doing that. But we would also say that oftentimes it's not enough. And finding a safe place where you can talk about that struggle with, the, with other people who can say, you know what, I've, I felt the same way. I've done the very same thing. And to find the, the beauty of community and knowing that you're not alone in this world. That's... That's what, uh, that's what recovery is all about. Actually, that's what discipleship is all about. This almost sounds biblical. I've told them earlier, I, I wonder if we just need to almost take the name recovery out of it. It's probably just a personal thing with me. Is it really, is it, is it recovery? And, and it is recovery, but it's for every believer. It's not just for those people or, or some of those people. It's for all of us. And really, when it comes down to it, it's discipleship. Because it is those things that stand between us and our relationship with, with God. So once we begin to deal with that, then our relationship with God 
uh, can be what it needs to be, but it's more than that. Then, then it extends to the other people in our lives that we know how, how to actually do relationships. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Awesome. So uh, what can I expect when I show up on Thursday night? Well, um, when you come in on Thursday, we are in the family ministry building, and we do have some signage uh, in the parking lot and up the walkway that will help you find where to come in. When you walk through the door, there's going to be people there to greet you, and we've talked about this. You will feel, I promise, that you will feel loved. You will feel accepted. They're not going to bombard you with a bunch of questions or anything like that, but if you have questions, the people that are right there at the table have all of the resources and all of the knowledge to answer any questions that you may have. After that, we do, as Kirby mentioned, we have a free meal at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Um, we actually have our own food team, which is pretty cool, and they work really hard to make sure that we get to eat, and we've actually had people sometimes go, that's a big expense. You feed sometimes 150 people on a Thursday. Why do you keep doing that? I think that's biblical. And a lot of people may laugh at that, but I think Jesus understood that in order to meet someone's spiritual needs, you first have to meet those physical needs. And so we wanna make sure that everybody who comes in, they get a nice meal. They don't have to worry about trying to get that on the way there or being late. They can come in, relax, fellowship, eat. Um, and I think that that really frees up a lot of people to join us. At 7 p.m., we do our large group time. And as Kirby mentioned, we do have the world-famous Springwell Praise Band who comes and they're awesome. And they do worship for us. In fact, we know the Sunday worship set before y'all do because they do it for us on Thursday. So that's kind of nice. And then we alternate weeks. So one week we will have a teaching lesson from the 25 recovery lessons that Celebrate Recovery offers for us to go through the year. And then on the other weeks, we will have testimonies. So what that means is that you'll get to learn what recovery is, kind of go through those steps, those principles, know how you're going to work those steps, what to expect. And then you're going to get to see that those steps and principles actually work because you're going to get to hear people explain how Jesus has changed their life through the Celebrate Recovery program. After that, we move into our open share groups that Renee mentioned earlier. Those are issue-specific and gender specific. And I think Celebrate Recovery has found that people are able to share more freely in those environments being gender specific and uh, more issue specific. So you'll get to go in and talk about what's going on in your life. And I know when I first started Open Share Group, it was really weird to me because you would just say stuff and you might share something like incredibly awful or painful or whatever and people would go, thank you for sharing. And that was kind of it. And so it was really uncomfortable at first. It was very awkward. But I've come to appreciate that because what it allows me to do is talk about the things that are going on in my life. And I don't have to worry about any commentary on it or anyone trying to fix me or tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. But what I have is a room full of women who support me through whatever I'm going through on a daily basis, a weekly basis. And I just have a place to come dump that without judgment and all I ever get is acceptance in that room. So, and I need that. It's become just so important to my week. And if you're sitting out there and you go, well, that I have small children and I just don't know that I can come to that meeting. I can't get anyone to watch my kids. You don't have to worry about that because if they're fifth grade or under, we have you covered. We have childcare for children five and under, and then we actually have a program called Celebration Place, which is uh, the pre-recovery program that John Baker came up with 
for children. And what he said when he wrote that program was that he hoped that Celebration Place would put Celebrate Recovery out of business. So what we want to do is set children up from the beginning so that maybe they won't make the same mistakes that their parents have made. We can break generational curses by preparing children from the beginning to have Jesus Christ as the center of their life and be able to use these principles as a roadmap for living so that they don't have to go through the things that we as adults have been through. Awesome. So... um, I personally have found freedom uh, through Celebrate Recovery. I know you guys have as well. There's a host of people out here. I don't know if you can tell. If you're here for the first time, that's some of these crazy people or people who've, uh, who've found that freedom. So what would you say, I struggle with food a little bit from time to time. <clears throat> so what would you say the secret sauce? Ha, get it? Secret. Y'all didn't really get that. Those that struggle with food, you picked right up on that, didn't you? So what's the secret sauce to Celebrate Recovery? Well, to me, obviously, one of the biggest keys to Celebrate Recovery is that we openly express the fact that Jesus Christ is the higher power at the center of our recovery process. Uh, That's something that uh, we emphasize and that we're proud of. Um, But another one of the big keys for me is the, the community that we've been able to establish. You know, when I walked through the doors of Celebrate Recovery for the first time, I was broken and I felt hopeless and I was all alone. I had burned bridges, ruined so many relationships in my life. Felt like I really had nowhere else to turn. And and I truly did feel like nobody could possibly understand me or relate to me. And uh, most likely nobody would accept me if they knew all of the garbage that was going on. Uh, But when I got to celebrate recovery, nobody was appalled by my criminal record. Nobody was shocked by the fact I was an alcoholic. Nobody looked down their nose at me because I struggled with depression or any of the other issues that I had. Um, Everybody embraced me wholeheartedly, told me I was in the right place, which was not something I heard on a regular basis. Um, And I remember people telling me, you're not okay, but that's okay here. And uh, I, I just, I'd never experienced something like that before in my life. I, I began to feel a part of, and I began to develop a lot of friendships. And a lot of those friends have developed into such close relationships that I, I view them as family now, and I don't know what I would do without them. And it, it doesn't seem like that powerful a thing sometimes to somebody on the outside, but there's a lot of power in that community. I mean, I kind of think about it like this, you know, if I went to the doctor and I said, I'm having some issues with this, he took a look and he said, whoo, boy, that looks awful. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know what you're going to (laughs) do, right? I would be distraught. But when he says, I see this all the time, Here's 100 people I've helped treat successfully. You can talk to all of them. It's a different deal. And that's, that's what I feel in Celebrate Recovery in that community. You know, when I'm struggling, I look and I see, you know, all of those people on those videos, people I love and respect who've overcome the same issues that I'm struggling with, and through that, God gives me hope. Awesome. Ladies, anything you want to add to that? 
I think, and we've talked about this some too, I think the thing for me, it's a continual journey. So, you know, I did come in for addiction, but we talked about this, you know, there's layers to what brought me to addiction. Nobody is just an addict. There's something up underneath that that has caused someone to use drugs or alcohol as a coping mechanism. And I think what I've found is that after I was free from alcohol, all those other things came to the forefront. And I'm so thankful that Jesus, through this program, didn't just leave me a sober, depressed, anxious, angry person. But what he did was give me freedom from all of those underlying character defects as well. Um, we call that being a dry drunk when you just haven't had a drink, but nothing else in your life has changed. And so for me, that's the power of the program is that I can continue to find freedom from my hurts, hangups, and habits because alcohol wasn't the only problem in my life. Awesome. Will you help me give a huge round of applause for these very brave folks? <clears throat> Come on now, if y'all gonna do it, do it right. <clears throat> so you've heard me, uh, you've heard me say. I said in the beginning, I came from a messed up family. I am messed up. I was messed up for a number of years. Things are better, but at the end of the day, I'm still messed up. It was important that when we started Springwell Church, quite honestly. I needed a safe place to be. You probably don't know this because most of you, like all of you, are not in ministry. You don't do it full time. Uh, I, I knew of a friend of mine who was a pastor struggling with depression. He shared that with some of his deacons and they had a discussion about him resigning, that he wasn't fit to be their pastor. So for those of us in ministry, sometimes we have to hide. I was tired of that. I wasn't going to hide anymore. I was tired of living in the glass house. And I didn't want my family to be raised in that atmosphere either. I was looking for freedom for me. Several years ago, <clears throat> after we started Celebrate Recovery, the Holy Spirit began to nudge me that I needed to, I needed to be in a 12-step study. And uh, I thought, awesome what you'll be to deal with and I didn't have anything specific I had dealt with a number of issues over the years don't let me fool you I've been down those those roads but I knew that something there was still something between me and God there, there was something wrong I couldn't figure out what it was so when I first started cell uh, in my 12-step study to be quite honest I had no idea why I was there. But as I began to work those steps, then what I began to understand was the core issue of a lot of my problems over the years had been, well, a couple of issues. First was abandonment. My dad died when I was 10 years old, and I knew that that had an impact and an effect on my life, but I didn't know how deeply rooted it really was. See, it seemed to me that after that point, I could take you back in my life and I'd lost so many friends, so many people that told me that they loved me, that they would 
be there through thick and thin, that they would always be by my side. And those people, well, they abandoned me. I come to understand that I had some issues with fear. And then I couldn't decide on certain days if it was just fear, if it was the fear of abandonment. But what I can tell you is through a couple of different step studies. I wish I could, I'm, I'm a case, so it took more than one 12-step study for me. It took two. And just so you know, the first one was almost a year. Uh, and it was just four of us. So y'all don't know how to take that. Those of you that have been in recovery go, boy, y'all were a mess. <clears throat> and just so you know, I want to make you feel good about our staff. Four of those, we were just staff. It was just Springwell staff. I said, we're the most messed up people here. <laughs> and we probably are. But that's... Wow, we have a heart for the broken. Because we understand your brokenness. And I hope that what you've heard this morning is that it's not just about drugs and alcohol. Maybe you don't even know what your struggle is, but you feel like there's something there. There's something between you and God. There's something between you and your relationship with other people. And you just maybe can't quite figure it out. I can promise you that as you work those steps, that the Holy Spirit will use that to reveal some things to you, some deep hurts that you need to work on. I don't, I don't think it ever ends, quite honestly. I don't think that it's just one 12-step study or, or maybe a second-step study. I, that maybe you learn the tools there, but you continue to use those tools to work through healing and recovery. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, He said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. Listen to what he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, here's what he's saying, happy are those who recognize that they are spiritually helpless. James chapter 4, verse 6 says this, God resists the proud. <laughs> but he gives grace to the humble. What is it? What does it take for you to find peace and freedom? Humility. That you're willing to swallow your pride and you're willing to acknowledge, you know what, just, something's just not right. And I'll do whatever I have to do to find that freedom. The beautiful part of that is you get to do that in, in concert, in community with a few other people. I have a sponsor. As you can imagine, he has a hard job. I probably need two or three. In fact, I need so much accountability in my life that I have one group of elders that are just here for, just for me to hold me accountable to certain things, to make sure that I'm checking those boxes, that I'm actually doing the things I know I need to do in order to keep my relationship with God as close as it can possibly be. I'm messed up. I'm blessed that as the pastor at Springwell, I can stand on this stage and tell you that without the fear that you'll abandon me.
On Thursday night, we end the service with the passing out of chips. And just so you know that most of those chips, they represent a length of sobriety. In other words, there's a 30-day chip, a 60-day chip, a 90-day chip. I love it when Jay does it. He says the 30-day chip, that includes nights and weekends. Think about it. It'll come to you some of you later. You'll realize how weird that really Anyway, <clears throat> we start, though, with the, with the blue chip. And the blue chip is really, it's, it's just a desire chip. And people who come forward to receive the blue chip are just people that are just humble. They're just humble people. That recognize that they have a need, a hurt, a habit, a hang-up. That something's wreaking havoc in their life. There's something standing between them and their relationship with God, them and their relationship with other people. And they're just stepping out to receive that blue chip, symbolic that they are ready to fully surrender their lives to Jesus. That's what it is. That's what it, that's what it means. They're ready to confess, I cannot do this on my own. I've tried and I've, I've failed and I need help and I need community. If that's you and you're ready to Swallow your pride. We're going to do something that I don't know of another church that does it. Not on a Sunday morning. It may seem a little strange and a little weird, but you see, it's not. It's just an invitation like any church would give. We're just going to do it a little different this morning. If you'd like to confess your sin and cry out to Jesus that you desperately need Him, then we're going to ask that you'll step out. The band's going to come. They're going to play. And for those of you, maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ. Maybe today is your day. And taking that blue chip will be symbolic of the day that you finally fully surrendered your life to Jesus. And if that's you and right there in the seat, how do I do that? It's a simple prayer. It's God, my life's a mess. It's full of sin. And I need forgiveness. I'm going to accept what you did on the cross for me. To believe that on the cross you took all of my pain, all of my hurt, all of my nastiness, all of my sin, and you paid the price. It's to believe that on the third day he was raised from the dead, that he's alive. And that's what you feel right now. You feel the presence. Can you imagine the presence of God himself? The creator of the heavens and earth is right here this morning, and he's speaking to you. And if you're willing to acknowledge that and just to say, God, forgive me, I want to surrender my life to you. And you can do that right there in your seat. Maybe for some of you, you'd say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus. But you know what, you're right. There's stuff. It's, it's between me and God. It's between me and others. And, and I need to take that stand. I, I need to get that desire chip. Not that I've, I've arrived and that taking the chip will mean that I've arrived, but it's a beginning for me. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. These volunteers are right here with open arms. They're ready and waiting for you. They've, all of them have done exactly what they're asking you to do. I've done exactly what I've asked you to do. I had to do it on a Sunday morning. I argued, I argued with God a little bit about that. I said, can't we like wait till Thursday night? He said, nope. So I had to humble myself. Come on a Sunday morning and say, I'm still not there yet. So we'll invite you to come as the band plays.